A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This is Internet Marketing. you by site visibility at sitevisibility.co.uk this is internet marketing uh, before we start today a bit of shameless self-promotion because site visibility has recently published the ultimate content promotion guide it's their most comprehensive guide to date and in it they break down all of the content promotion tactics tricks and tools you'll ever need to help you achieve content marketing success you can download the guide plus a handy principal content promotion checklist for free by going to bitly that's bit.ly slash ultimate dash content or ultimate hyphen content all lowercase because bitly is case sensitive i think Today I'm joined by Phil Nottingham, brand strategist at Wistia. Phil, how are you? Hello, I am perfectly well. Thank you very much, Andy. Good. I felt a bit like a doctor then when I asked how, especially when you said I'm perfectly <laughs> well. Um, where are you geographically based? Uh, between London and Boston. So, um, what in yeah. the sea in the north, in, in the Pacific? Yeah, in more, the, yeah, the Atlantic, sort of Iceland-ish, just a few <laughs> thousand feet above. Yeah, exactly. So you oscillate between. Are you, are you in the UK at the moment or Boston? Yes, I'm currently in London. You're currently in, in London. Yeah, I was confused because I was watching a video of you earlier, and uh, Wistia is it Wistia an American company? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, we're based out of um, Cambridge, Massachusetts. Yeah. Yes, then I saw a, a still of you with a sort of video play button, and I expected an American accent to come out, and a very British accent came out. Yes, sorry, I uh, I went to drama school, so I have full uh, RP credentials. Wow! So you're actually American, but you can speak British. No, I'm I'm from I'm from uh, Southampton originally. Oh, so right. I used to have a bit more Hampshire accent sort of thing, but that's now gone down, and um, now it's far more kind of uh, BBC. Excellent, received. Well, why don't you start off telling us um, um, a little bit about yourself and a little bit about Wistia? Sure. Um, so, I mean, me, I, I basically, uh, I, I guess, for the last seven or eight years, I've been working in the world of kind of video and really advising companies on how to use video strategically um, across different channels, their websites, social media, um, all that kind of thing. So working out what kind of stuff companies should be making, how they should be distributing it, and then how to measure success. And I've done that with a bunch of uh, small companies. I used to work at an agency called Distilled, and um, the and then was sort of doing some work with an agency called Zone um, up in uh, London as well, who working with some bigger brands. And then have since then been working with Wistia for the past kind of three years, as well as doing a bit of 
kind of freelance consulting and um, yeah, really working to kind of look at the same problems from the software side. So Wistia is a company that has really tried to solve some of the big technical challenges posed by video for marketers. So they've made it very easy to embed a responsive video on your website, allow you to customize the player, um, measure the the interactions that people have, capture emails, that kind of stuff. And um, have sort of been focused on you know solving that for marketers. And, and I've really come in to try and say, well, how can we work to position our products, sort of do the product marketing stuff. And then recently the the kind of more of a brand strategy is how do we tell that bigger picture of um, how we think companies should be using video uh, and broadly, more broadly than video creative content um, to market themselves and how can we provide the appropriate solutions to uh, to help with that really. So um, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of where I'm at. I also, you know, know quite a lot about search and SEO. I was doing that a lot at Distilled and I work there and, mm. Yeah, so my background sort of fairly a mixture of the creative and the technical, and um, and that's sort of the the angle I come at things from, I suppose. I like that blend, the creative and the technical. I've always been a bit like that. Now, um, what one of the things I want to talk about because I I love long form content. When I say long form, I'm referring specifically to video, but also to audio. But we're going to concentrate on video in this chat, and sure. um, we'll come on to. Uh, opportunities for videos for companies that are looking to get their message out in a second but first i'm I'm kind of curious about the opportunity for video if you're an agency i mean Mm -hmm. what's let's talk about that for a minute what are your thoughts there yeah i mean i think perhaps taking it just just up a level about kind of what really video is and how that works in the kind of marketing communications world video is ostensibly just a media type um when Video was first kind of within the the bounds of marketing. Really, the only channel available was YouTube, and it was quite a restricted format and all that kind of thing. So people just used it mostly to serve ads and a few kind of you know, virally type things and that kind of stuff. But really, like video has now evolved just to become the mainstay of communication on the web, much like text and image. So it, it, it's a language that I think agencies need to be able to speak with their clients and be able to encourage the clients to use it effectively. Just as um, way back in the day, agencies were kind of advising clients on, you know, your website should really be a bit more than just a brochure and just a conversion of that brochure that you've made as a physical print copy and turning that into a website. You should think broad about the possibilities of what web technology allows you to do. Mm. We're kind of at that point with video where agencies or, or most clients have just been using video as a, like advertising, really, probably copying the strategies that work for TV. And now agencies, I think, are at the point where they can start to educate their clients about how to use video across the the whole breadth of the marketing activity they're doing and um, and a, a sort of help companies get strategic and considered about that. On the production side, that there's obviously the opportunity for agencies to move into video creation if they want to sort of do that. Mm. Um, I think for most sort of marketing agencies, maybe in the, the sort of site visibility vein, the more exciting opportunity is helping um, a clients basically make their own videos. Um, just as most clients now have an in-house designer who will own the brand and all that kind of stuff, and in-house web dev perhaps, and they use agencies for support for mostly strategy. I think the same will need to be the case for video so that um, agencies will need to start making videos themselves and, and that will you know, be very simple stuff at the 
very basic level and then maybe eventually hire a videographer and agencies will be needed to provide that strategic support in terms of measurement, what to make, um, where to put it, all that kind of important stuff. So I think uh, it's far broader than just making videos, but actually empowering and helping clients to to learn how to use video regularly in all their communications and, and use it properly and effectively as well. Now, one of the things that I've heard you talk about before, which I find quite quite fascinating is this sort of notion of the balance of I'm trying to use a long phrase here but the balance of difficulty between production and distribution has kind of flipped over time hasn't it because a while back it was quite hard to make video but sort of fairly easy to distribute it and now it's flipped tell us a bit about that yes that's exactly the case i think so um when i was first working in you know video production when was this i don't know sort of 10, 15 years ago or so, um, it was a big effort to actually make and get a video on the internet. You know, you'd have to get this camera that ran off a tape, you'd then have to get a tape deck, you'd have to transcode it and convert it into a digital format, you'd mm-hmm. then have to edit, you know, it was an enormous amount of work and skill it took to actually uh, create an online video. Um, and of course, the and then when you came to distribute it, you really had one option, which was YouTube, or you just sort of put it, um, up on a server somewhere within an encapsulated MP4 file or something. So it was pretty, pretty basic stuff in terms of distribution. Whereas if we move forward, like the, the ease in which people can create a video has just changed beyond all recognition and it's moved so quickly. You know, we all have 4K cameras in our pockets that can upload something almost instantaneously and it's entirely changed the nature of what we mean by video and, and the, all these new formats and styles have emerged with Instagram, all that kind of stuff. Whereas the other side of that is that we now have infinite distribution channels. So every social media platform is a video platform. Yeah. We can use video in email. We can use video uh, on our website. We can use video in apps and all this kind of stuff. So video has moved from uh, being a very specialist thing that was quite hard to distribute to being just a, an essential language that everybody should is speaking on the web and can be used on every single channel and platform and browser and everything else. So the the question of how you create stuff has become less important. That's kind of obvious to most people, but the question of where you put it and how and why has become quite a complicated um, dance, I suppose. And that's where I want to focus really, because um, I'm wondering how we should be planning our video, because one of the things that you advocate is that a lot of people or you intimate, uh, a lot of people are probably getting it wrong because I, I think, uh, you know, perhaps a while ago, maybe even now, uh, sort of people will make videos and then think, well, I've made my video now. Uh, what should I do with it? Oh, no, I'll try putting it everywhere. But that's not the best approach, is it? No, I, it's it's a curious approach that, that it's gone that way. I, I think it comes from TV in the sense of when you had a t- it used to be the case that you would spend a lot of money making this ad and you would do a great job of it. And then the goal would be to try and get it to as many people as possible. And as online videos kind of initially just followed that model, there's still this kind of latent assumption that really the goal of video is to make the best quality creative, make it flashy and professional, and then get it to as many people as possible. Um, And to many people, that'll just sound obvious and like a kind of axiomatic fact. But it isn't the case that that's necessarily the right approach. It's one that we've just adopted um, without really considering it. If you think, for example, uh, you know, one of the most interesting and creative, I think, uses of video today 
is one-to-one video, people making one video to be viewed just by one person once. Yeah. And right now we're talking on Skype, but you can imagine like if I want to do a pitch to an, if I'm an agency and I want to do a pitch to a client, why not make them a great video that really <laughs> suggests how you're going to approach with them, how you're going to like work with them, the pricing, all that kind of stuff. You can provide a lot more personality and connection through that medium than you can with just an email with a, you know, attached PDF or whatever. So the video is just a means of communication. And I think that that's where people's need to kind of shift and understand the essence of what you should be doing with video. And when it comes to distribution, it's, it's all about understanding where it's going to live and who it's going to be consumed by and in what context, because that necessarily, if you're doing it properly, should change the nature of the the creative. So if you think about YouTube and that's where most people are doing most of their work on video, it's a specific platform. You know, you, you are viewing it normally. Well, probably maybe equally on a desktop or on a phone. Mm. You are, um, there's a sidebar, there's recommended videos, there's comments, there's this 16, nine kind of, um, frame. Mm. Yeah. There's all these kind of elements that really go into the user experience. Someone's probably found you either through a link or they've searched for it. So all that stuff comes into the nature of that experience. And, and if you think about how that works on Facebook, it's very different. They're normally on a phone and they're scrolling through and then they're surprised by the video. So there's less kind of specific intent to watch it than there is on YouTube. And that means you need to kind of communicate with people in a different way. On your website, obviously, if you're making a video over there, the website, the video is there to support a page and the wider context of that page is important. So understanding that the nature of consumption should, if you're doing it properly, affect the the creative because the kind of thing that you're going to make for your website like a product video for example is probably not going to do very well on youtube and it's probably not going to appeal to anyone on facebook and the answer to that is not just to shove it in front of more people and think that more impressions is going to kind of lead to results because it isn't it's it's about adapting and improving the way in which you're using every single channel to be very compelling to your audience um, and i think that's really because the way marketing works nowadays is not about awareness it's it doesn't matter how many people have heard of your business um, it's very easy to just get thousands and thousands of impressions. That doesn't drive results. What drives results is adv- advocacy. It's people really talking about your business. It's people recommending you to others. It's that word of mouth and that um, true engagement. And that only comes yeah. from communicating with people in a very meaningful manner. And that means treating each channel and each interaction with a great deal of respect and consideration rather than just thinking, I have an asset, therefore I will spam it out to everyone as much as I can, which is bizarrely the, the route that most people take with video right now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. 
Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. It's very interesting, actually, the difference between the platforms. I mean, on one of your videos, you mentioned that YouTube is is very oral and in some ways you could uh, sort of turn off the pictures and just listen to the sound, and that's the important bit. Yes. And, and then you mentioned Facebook because it's so... Well, two, two interesting things about Facebook. First, that people often turn the sound off, which kind of makes sense if you're in a public place, so they need mm. to be more visual. But also this um, notion of using the vertical format. Um, mm-hmm. I was having a very heated debate with someone a couple of weeks ago about... Because I hate the vertical format, but do you think it's okay mm. on Facebook? I think, I think honestly, it's fine. The, the format, the specific frame on Facebook, it doesn't really matter. You can make it work with 16.9 widescreen. You can make it with vertical. You can make it work with square and all these other formats in between. It's just a case of like matching the creative to the format again. So obviously, a, you know, a big landscape shot isn't going to look very good in a, a portrait mode unless you're doing something kind of quite creative with it. So yeah. it's just a case of like thinking about and ensuring every creative element of the video is well aligned to the channel and how you're distributing it. And the the solution to that is often just to make sure you've done the strategy work and the consideration for what you're making before you actually get to that creative ideation point. The reason why we've got that wrong, I think, is, is again, due to the just the legacy of TV and this kind of madman perspective of the way to come up with a great video is for some smart people to sit in a room, smoke some cigars, and then come up with some great idea and then hand it off to a production agency. Mm. Um, but that isn't the way it works in the modern world at all because of the nature of how ubiquitous video is and the different channels that we consume it on. What are your thoughts on live streaming? Things like, I don't know, Periscope? I think live streaming works if you have a, a privileged view. So what I mean by this is like you're offering some exclusivity um, or some community that people are not going to find valuable if they just watch it asynchronously. So the obvious, like, it's the same principle of why live TV works for something. So it probably live TV works for sports, obviously, because you, you know, you're kind of part of that community and the atmosphere and it really matters at the time what's going on. It works for things like Game of Thrones, perhaps, where there's a, an additional social media aspect in the conversation that's going on. So you don't want to be left behind. Um, and it works if you're offering some level of exclusivity. So, you know, maybe you've got a conversation with a celebrity or you're or an event or a conference or something where people wish they could be there, but they actually can't. So when you're able to offer that, live streaming has some value. If you are just live streaming for the sake of it, and really this would work perfectly well as an asynchronous video, then I think that's where it falls down. Yeah. You've mentioned TV a few times in this chat, and I was just wondering what your thoughts were on uh, more up to the present day, uh, sort of the the nature of videos that organisations are making. What trends are you seeing going forward? Yeah, um, that's a great question. So I I think what we're seeing uh, currently is a move away from um, more like short form advertorial content, these kind of sh- quick social snaps mm. and more towards basically long form shows like series that essentially follow the route of TV. Yeah. And um, with companies, uh, I mean like this, we're doing a podcast and okay, this is oral, not video, but 
um, it could easily be video and you could easily make a series along these lines that was slightly longer form conversations and this could be a video execution um, and I think podcasts in many ways is leading the the trend in that and lots of companies are doing podcasts because they're you know, fairly low barrier to entry in terms of technology and execution and um, and you can use them to really communicate some interesting stuff but I think the the next level of that is with video where you can add a lot more branded elements you can bring in a lot more personality you can you know do some really exciting stuff and and communicate in a fun way and um yeah we've had this at wistia where we basically decided last year instead of investing in like advertising we were just going to do a film so we we produced a 90 minute documentary about the the process of making some ads for one of our products yeah and we released it on amazon prime and um yeah we, we basically just like did this original series that is tv quality and um and it's done more for us in terms of raising our brand search and our brand awareness than anything we've done before um because people are actually consuming it they're engaging with it and they're entertained by it which is kind of different from what normally happens when you're just doing lots of short form social media videos it's like people kind of maybe engage with it very briefly and transiently as they're scrolling through and they laugh and then they move on or something. But if somebody sat down and watched an hour and a half of your content mm. and your brand's part of it, they're going to remember you. They're going to care about you. They're going to talk about you. So that's why I think companies are necessarily moving towards longer form video that looks more like TV because the barrier to entry for distribution is, is lower than ever. You know, anyone can compete with Netflix. If you, if you do a really good job and you're hosting your videos properly and you, you know, can get out on all these channels consumers don't really sense a kind of difference emotionally from consuming great content on youtube and netflix and whatever so businesses can absolutely compete with with producers and market not just like a media company but like a a production company um so there's that kind of barrier to entry and then there's just the necessary factor of in a world where we are bombarded by ads and messages and all the content in the world is at our fingertips the thing that matters is content that really speaks to me as an individual yeah means a very niche considered stuff that is appropriate for me in whatever role and personality and things that I have. And that's not going to be met by Netflix who are going for broader audiences. So the, the more specific stuff should be done by businesses who have a reason to engage certain subcultures and and demographics and groups and can create something that really appeals to them. So at Wissia, we made our documentary for people like us who work in-house at companies and want to create better videos. That's a fairly niche audience, but it's one that are very active and, and have a lot of passion and really care. And because we were able to speak to them, we were able to grow our, our brand and, and get a lot more traffic and conversions and all that juicy stuff that marketers care about. So I think that's why companies are going to move more towards like long form TV series um, rather than just short form, quick social snacks. I look forward to seeing a lot of interesting content from businesses in the future. <laughs> Me too. So we've talked about a few things. What sh- should our audience be thinking about as they um, move on to the next podcast after listening to this one? <laughs> yeah, I think there's a couple of things. One is like, how can they just start doing more video at their organizations or agencies? So if if you're like making one video a month and it's with a production company, think about what you can do to lower the barrier to entry um, yeah, in your organization. We have a tool that we called Soapbox, which is a free tool that allows you to make kind of quick tutorial videos or or pitches or whatever. Um, so go and give that a go. Try making some videos and see if you can build that into your marketing strategy. And the other one is to think about what audience you might in the future be making a show for. So it's not going to be just your customers. You're going to need to pick a kind of subculture or a, a, a specific interest group that you could really speak to in a meaningful way. 
And when they start to become advocates, they're going to influence your customers. So if you can think about defining who that broader marketing and show audience might be, um, then you're going to be a really good space to start thinking about making an original series or a, a, a kind of bigger TV style content play in, in the coming years. Well, Phil Nottingham, thanks so much for speaking to us today. How can our listeners find out more about you and more about Wistia? Uh, I would certainly recommend going to wistia.com and having a look about everything that, that we're doing there. Or you can certainly ping me an email at phil at wistia.com. Thanks, Phil. And thanks for listening, everyone. Show notes are in the usual place, which is sitevisibility.co.uk slash podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review. Take a few minutes. Put pen to paper or digital pen to paper because that's nice and we can get out to more people. Hopefully it'll be a good review. Um, questions and suggestions, the email is podcast at sitevisibility.co.uk. You can tweet at sitevisibility. We have a site visibility group on LinkedIn if you want to have a conversation there. That's all from me, Andy. And it's all from Phil. Thank you very much. Appreciate you chatting, Andy. And uh, good luck, everybody, with your future video endeavours. Thanks, Phil. And we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 